0: any child in a family and say who is the best father in the world and every child will tell you their father is the best father in the world yes there are some fathers that would have one or two things that would have happened to their children but still majority of all the children will say their father is the best father in the world. So I looked at that and I said, hmm, there is a very big question there. You cannot just say the best father in the world is this person. There must be something wrong. And I just said, you know what? As Christian, who would be our best father? is God Almighty. He is the best father that anyone can ever have because of what he has for us. In my case, I presented all the concerns of God, into prayers, and I prayed that he should lead me. As humans and as a father we cannot say we have not made mistakes before. There is no perfect father. But God has given us a reason for a second chance. He has forgiven us. When you ask some fathers, what are your responsibilities? Some of them will say, "Hmm, my responsibility is to support my family. Others will say my responsibility is to raise my family. Others will say my responsibility is to put food on the table for the family. Others will say, Mine is to protect my family. Whereas some would say, I just want to be involved with the shaping of my children's life. But what did First Timothy 5.8 tells us? In First Timothy five eight, he says, "But if anyone does not provide for his own, now and he says, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever." Now. I believe you agree with me that for a household, the head of a house is always the father. So if there is a father who cannot provide for his household, this is what the scripture is saying. Now, this was one of the scriptures that gave me a lot of concern even before I started thinking of, you know, getting married, having children and so on and so forth. As I said earlier, as Christians, our Father is God Almighty. And if that question, if we were to put that question before God and ourselves, what do we think is God's responsibility for his own children? There is, there is something I need to say before answering that. When Jesus was speaking to his disciples, he taught them how to pray. And in Matthew 6, verse 9, he started the prayer by saying, Our Father in heaven. Now, he recognized the head. Our Father in heaven. And he goes down saying, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come. Giving authority, which is defense, the expectation of a father. If we are all seated together, and for instance, somebody's knocking hard on my door, My boys will not be the first to go. I will have to go. And look, who is that? Because I feel that is my responsibility. And here, Jesus was explaining to his disciples by saying, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. So he is being exalted covering everything, he's whole, he is big. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you are in control. You are in control. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying in control, The, the woman or the wife has nothing to say in this. I want every one of us to look at this in the context of a father. In a home, the wife and the husband, the man and the woman, they both work together for the progress of the family unit. So, but in this context and in this message, we're looking at a good father, what's his role? give us this day our daily bread. Like I said earlier on, some fathers will say, mine is to provide food on the table for my family. Yeah, he says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation As a father, you guide your family. You guide them. Where your child is going wrong, with the help of God, you guide them away from there and put them on that path. My question again, when I was thinking about this, deliver us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. This, Jesus explained and taught them how to pray, channeling it to our Father. God's responsibility for us as his children is all the promises he has for us in the Scripture. They are all there. All we just need to do is obey his commandments and obey what he tells us and follow the words in the scripture. Nothing to the left and nothing to the right. I think it was Elder Brian that was speaking earlier on Or so, I can remember I think it was Elder Brian or Pastor Graham Talking about There are times We may Need to chastise Our children Discipline our children But I need to tell you The discipline now is so different I will not want to tell you the kind of discipline in my days was totally different. I went to a military school and you know when you go to a military school, that is totally different. You do something wrong, you will kneel down and there's what they call a kind of cane, but it's woven out of the skin of a cow. It's like a whip and they will tell you, take off your clothes and you'll be whipped at the back. That was a military school. That is really draconian, to be fair with you. But that is not the kind of discipline we are talking about here. We are talking about something to do with if a child has done something wrong, hold something back, talk to the child Explain to the child, this is wrong, reason why it's wrong and give examples why that shouldn't happen again. But God's most important responsibility to us is to keep us, to protect us and to guide us on that path, that we may one day come up there and the gates will be opened and say, welcome, my son, my daughter. I don't have much time to tell you about all the promises, but If you go to Exodus 14, 14. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. That means he's going to defend you. That is the responsibility of a father. Isaiah 41, 10. Isaiah 41, 10 says, fear not for I am with you. I am with you. You know, I was telling my children once when we were having, you know, our normal Bible study and prayer time before they go to bed. If there is someone, as we know, our Lord Jesus Christ, can tell you, I am with you. Fear not. That is like, not a golden ticket, but a diamond ticket. That means there is nothing that you should worry about. He is in charge. Yes, we are fathers on earth. We strive to be like our father in heaven. We cannot be as perfect as that. He said, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you Yes, I will help you, I will uphold you with my right hand, my righteous right hand. The same protection goes up to Isaiah 41 verse 13. This should be part of the responsibility of a good father. I'm not here to lecture every one of us. There are so many fathers here who are older than me. Yes, we're all fathers. But our fatherhood differs. But the most important thing is, let it be streamlined with the path of God Almighty, with the scripture that we read. I may come this way, in the way I am training my child. It all depends on the characters. And if we go worldly, the gene that I have, my wife has, will tell the way my children are. But the way I will train them, the way they'll be admonished, will have to be based on the scripture. And that is what is expected of every earthly father. This responsibility. Just part of these verses that I've just mentioned are just some of the things that is expected of a father. You protect, you guide them, you provide for them. If Austin today tells me he wants to buy a Formula One car, that is outrageous. Where am I gonna get our money from? It doesn't mean I must provide everything for them. When we all pray and call our Father in heaven, it's not everything he gives us. There are things he will look at and he will say, yes, my child, You deserve this, I will give it to you. But there are things he will look at. I will say, no, if I give you this, my child, your future and your destiny will not belong. You see, when David was about to die, he called Solomon. His son, and they had a chat. Thank God for the scripture, and it's there. When we look at 1st Kings chapter 2, from verse 1, 1st Kings chapter 2, from verse 1 down to, I think, verse four. It says, Now the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his status, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and whatever you turn that the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Solomon would have sat down and thought about this. You know, nowadays, when you call a child and you, a father calls a child and starts speaking to a child in such manners The child child might turn around and say, Dad, are you going anywhere? You know, are you going to die or something? But in this case, Solomon already knew David's time was coming to an end. And they both sat down and talked. I remember my father always call me aside sometimes and we chat. Most especially when I'm going back to school because I went to a boarding school. He will call me, he will talk to me. When he comes on visiting he will sit by my side and talk to me. Even though I'll be expecting him to come with a lot of provisions, you know, conflicts, and all this big, big stuff that you'd be expecting as a boarding school child. But no, my dad was a bit different. He was a military man. So he doesn't think about all these big, big, you know, conflicts, big tin of Milo, um, you know, crisp and so on and so forth. He might just come with one little bag and then he will tell me, sit down and then we're talking. I loved him and I still love him till today and I will continue to love him even though he's gone. But you see, in the time of us talking, there is a book in the Bible and a chapter that he always tells, you know, tries to tell me to always have in mind. And what was that? He told me to always read Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four. And I should always try and hold that as my guide. Even when I was coming to the UK, we had a long chat. And when you look at Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4 is like a father's instruction to a son. I want you to look at it in that context. I may not be able to read everything, but from verse 1, he says, Hear, my children. instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart remain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. These are the words. And when you scroll down up to maybe um, verse 20, he said, my son, Give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them. This is all about wisdom. A father passing on wisdom to a son. There are days I sit down and I go through that. But you know what? Let's not be mistaken. There have been some fathers that some children will never call fathers. Yes. Because of the way they felt that, the child felt that, He or she has been hurt. It is painful. It is absolutely painful. On a day like this, when we say it's Father's Day, during the service, somebody mentioned Eli's children. We know the story about Eli and his children how the children took advantage of everything and so on. Yes, Eli did his best, but the children were not ready to listen. They were more after what they were gonna get. But there was one father that really, really, really touched me in the scripture. He may not know that this was going to happen. And I believe he didn't know that this was going to happen. But it happened. And the greatest thing of, the greatest thing about this is the fact that the father's daughter said, since this is your vow to God, so shall it be. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about Jephthah. When we look at the book of Georges, chapter 11, from verse 30 to 36. Georges 11, 30 to 36. Jephthah was desperate to win a war, so much that he made a vow with the Lord, and he said, if you will indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then it will be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me, will I return in peace from the people of Ammon Shall surely be the Lord's and I will offer it up As a bond offering Now that's a bit tight I don't know what he has in his house Maybe he was expecting a goat or a dog or something Or whatever it might be to come out of that house To welcome him I, I don't know That that is something we need to think about some other time. But the question is, what was he expecting to come out of that house? I'm sure animals were not living in that house. Animals, they would have been kept somewhere outside the house. But what was he expecting to come out of that house? Quickly, Jephthah won the war he won the Ammon, you know, the people of Ammon, they were defeated, and he goes down, and when Jephthah came to his house at Mizpah, there was his daughter coming out to meet him with timbrels and dancing, and she was his only child. Besides her, he had neither son nor daughter, And it came to pass when he saw her, that he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low. You are among those who troubled me. For I have given my word to the Lord, and I cannot go back on it. I can tell you there is no father that will be able to hold such a pain in his heart. He had to explain this to his daughter. But what did the daughter say? My father, if you have given your word to the Lord, do to me according to what has gone out of your mouth because the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the people of Ammon. That is very painful for any father. There are some fathers who go back to God and say, God, is there any way I can get out of this? But he made a vow. He made a vow. There are some fathers who make vows to their children. And do they keep them? I leave that answer to the fathers. In conclusion, at the beginning of this message, I told you how I felt about being a father even before I got married. The questions. Am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? Lord, help me. What do I do? But in the process, the Lord told me first, you have to be a husband first before you become a father. It was like telling me, concentrate on you being a husband first before being, being a husband first before being a father. And a good one, a good husband, a blessed one. That is what is ordained by God. And as born again Christian, that is scriptural. Then after that, the Lord took me to Philippians 4, 6. That is one of John's favorite verses. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your request be made known to God. And today and always, I thank God for Caroline, my wife. I thank God for her life. I thank God for the lovely children, wonderful children that the Lord has blessed us with. You see, this is not just all about a father at home. A pastor is a father. You know, a leader in a country is a father because you lead and guide. You can also be a spiritual father, someone whom, you know, people of this church, a young born again Christian will look up to you and say, I can see the gift of God in your life and I admire what he's doing in your life, and they will now be watching you and following whatever you're doing. I told somebody yesterday, when I became born again, my focus was more on the pastor, which was wrong. And when he backslided, I too, I just went away from Being a Christian. Why? Because my focus was who? On the pastor and not on God. Thank God for a second chance. Even we know Paul, Apostle Paul, was single. But then, he had people who were following him. That is an example of a spiritual father. In all of this, God is our father. He has told us what he will do as our father and unto us as fathers on earth, we have this commission in Ephesians 6-4 and He says again And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonishing of the Lord. I just want to say this quickly. Some fathers have made mistakes. There are some of us who might have not spoken to our father in a very long time. And there are some fathers here, maybe, maybe not, Who have not spoken to their children Or don't even Care which is What is happening in this world today All I can say No matter the bad experience They are still fathers I'll say for us children We should forgive Our fathers And fathers To forgive their children Let us pray for them as Christ has ordained us to do, pray, call them, speak to them, and celebrate fathers. And you know what? My prayer is that the Lord will make those of us that are fathers to be much better fathers in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, there is no perfect father but you. We strive to do the best we can as fathers, but only you know how. Help us, Lord, to do what is right, where, when, and how, and most importantly, in line with your scripture, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord.